I'm Cy Musiker. And I'm Joyce Miller. And, and this, this is Curtain Call. Call. We're back to welcome a new year of live music and art. You're going to love or hate. I don't know which. So shake off that New Year's hangover. On this show, we'll go back to high school with the Mean Girls, hear music from two very young composers, and talk to the new owner of Grass Valley Sierra Theaters. Let's start at a rehearsal for the Northern California premiere of Mean Girls the Musical. How far would you go to be popular and hot? Would you resist temptation? No, you would not. Just admit it sometimes. Mean is what you are. Mean is Mean Girls was a 2004 hit movie, a comedy by Tina Fey, about a class of high school juniors, especially about the bullies, the mean girls, who decide who's in and who's out. The film led to a musical with songs by Nell Benjamin and Jeff Richmond. It played on Broadway just before COVID shut down the world. And now Lyric Rose Theater is staging the Northern California premiere of the musical in Grass Valley. We checked out an early rehearsal a few weeks ago. The 30-member cast and crew jammed into a dance studio at the Center for the Arts. Cautionary tale about corruption and betrayal and getting hit by a bus. The cast brings lived experience to this high school comedy. They're 12 to 18 years old in middle school, high school, and college, hailing from towns from Nevada City to Roseville. Nicole Lewis plays Katie, a teenage student who's been homeschooled in Kenya by her zoologist parents. Katie leaves Africa for a suburban Illinois high school, where her fellow students prove far more savage than the animals of the savanna. Wow. <laughs> you ever get a feeling everybody else is happy? Everybody else has friends, and they're better friends than yours. The very recent feeling that's running through my body and it roars. Mean Girls, the musical, compared to Mean Girls, the reality, how close is it to the real thing? I think it's a little far-fetched. Some parts are just funny, you know, and a little overreacted. I think in this musical, the Mean Girls in this show are a lot face-to-face -face mean, when in reality, a lot of the girls who are Mean Girls kind of do it behind their backs. Leia Polakovich is a sophomore at Sierra College and went to Roseville High. She plays Regina, the meanest girl of all. There's a lot of moments in the show where Regina is directly mean to people's faces, which doesn't normally happen in a lot of high schools anymore. It's only behind their backs. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> or like, I would like, especially over the texting and stuff. How does social media make things even harder, perhaps, than the reality uh, back in the early 2000s when the story was first written? Um, it's a lot easier to say things behind a screen rather than in person. And you don't see that in the 2000s version because there wasn't Instagram, there wasn't Snapchat, there's not places where you can hide. So everyone was saying things to each other's faces instead of just texting it on their little phones. And also, the Mean Girls are almost as insecure as, as Katie is. Explain that. Um, there's a couple scenes that you'll see it. There's a scene where Gretchen, Karen, and Regina all talk about how Regina needs to lose three pounds and Karen's legs look like dog ankles and stuff like that. Mean Girls are really, what's the saying? There's a saying for it. It's, it's like, like always an insecurity behind. They want to make other people feel bad because they feel bad about themselves. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you don't have any experience being Mean Girls in real life then? <laughs> uh, last year, the drama department, we got soup thrown on us. Someone who sat outside the drama room for lunch kind of like came in and just like 
chucked some soup on us. And it was kind of because because you were theater kids. I guess because we're we're like different to them, and like they don't like people being different. Nicole Lewis and Leah Polakovich from the cast of Mean Girls, the musical. Yeah, this is still such a funny and timely show. I mean, the original movie we I just watched it the other day, and so did you, right? Yes, I yeah, did. Starring Tina Fey and Lindsay Lohan in a terrific role. It's still funny and timely, and especially when surveys show so many teenage girls struggling with social media and depression. And the voices are really strong in this cast. Everybody wants connection. Yes, I know they have their friends, but what is one Oh yeah, when we saw the cast at a early rehearsal, they sounded great. Mean Girls the Musical plays January 12th through the 14th at the Center for the Arts in Grass Valley. Meanwhile, the movie version of Mean Girls the Musical opens January 12th, and the Broadway tour of Mean Girls the Musical comes to the West Coast March 12th through the 17th at the Pioneer Center for the Performing Arts in Reno. And Lyric Rose Theater is having a busy January. They're also staging Doug Stone's comic play, Sealed for Freshness, about a Tupperware party from 1968 with local theater maven Micah Cohn directing. And this play's got some good and some bad reviews when it opened in New York in 2003. But a lot of people thought it was just hilarious. Sealed for Freshness runs January 11th through the 20th at the Nevada Theater in Nevada City. Now here's a chance to see Renee Fleming, the people's diva, explore art, health, and nature. Fleming singing Kevin Putt's song, Evening, on her 2021 album, Voice of Nature, the Anthropocene. The Anthropocene refers to our current age when humans are changing the climate and the planet. And the album's title uh, may be scholarly, but the music is gorgeous, with Fleming singing works by Putz and Nico Muley. I love Nico Muley. He's really good. One of the great things about Earth as an image is that it's too plus the more romantic music of Grieg, Foray, and others. And Fleming is about to turn 65, but her voice still has gorgeous tone. 
Fleming does two shows in Davis. On January 12th, she'll lead discussions of art and health drawn from a new book she's written called Music and Mind. And then on January 14th, she'll sing songs from Voice of Nature with pianist Gerald Martin Moore, exploring nature as both inspiration and victim of humanity. Pretty scholarly after all for a diva. Both events are at the Mondavi Center in Davis. Two best friends are touring together. He said I I just really hate smooth jazz, but I'm making an exception for this smooth jazz hit. Those saxophones really irritate my ears. <laughs> but this is a duet pairing Patti LaBelle, the godmother of soul, and Gladys Knight, the empress of soul, I guess which makes Aretha Franklin the goddess of soul. Uh, Gladys Knight and Patti LaBelle here on a song called I Don't Do Duets. Ha <laughs> ha. Not a big fan of Kenny G, I guess. I <laughs> no, no. Apparently, LaBelle and Knight have been good friends for years, with Knight saying LaBelle is like her younger sister. And these are legends, and they deserve the honor we should give them. A Knight and LaBelle play the Thunder Valley Casino January 13th. I've loved Los Lobos ever since they did a fundraising concert in Watsonville. The band from East L.A. helping out cannery and farm workers made homeless by the Loma Prieta earthquake. That's Los Lobos doing a cover of Love Special Delivery, originally a hit for The Midnighters, a pioneering Chicano band. Los Lobos is touring to celebrate its 50th anniversary with the starting lineup mostly intact. Louis Perez, Steve Berlin, Cesar Rosas, Conrad Lozano, and David Hidalgo. I used to see Hidalgo play in San Pablo with this little Mexican-American roots band, Los Sensotlas, and he was just awesome. Los Lobos plays the Jam Cellars Ballroom in Napa on January 13th, and then they're at the Crystal Bay Casino on January 14th. Catch them before they're gone. Now here's a provocative combination, traditional old-time tunes with a touch of apocalyptic dread. Now look at all the world, wicked fathers, 
Jake Blunt calls this genre black folk music from the future. Still in his 20s, Blunt is also a musical scholar who aims to radically reimagine string band music by restoring black people to their crucial role in the history of bluegrass. His latest album, The New Faith, takes centuries-old traditional songs and transforms them into Afro-futurist laments. Which is so cool, but if you can't wrap your head around all that stuff, keep in mind that Jake Blunt also is a past winner of the Steve Martin Banjo Prize. So, instrumentally speaking, he's the real deal. And he's based in Rhode Island, my home state. Blunt and his band tour the West this month with a stop at the Sophia in Sacramento on January 18th. I can't help wondering what Bill Monroe would think if he were still around. The movies are more than a $9 billion industry with sales of more than 868,000 tickets. Which sounds great, except those numbers are both down more than a quarter from their peak in 2018. Since the pandemic, more and more people are cocooning at home with plenty of streaming choices. Yeah, I have a habit of doing that. So these are challenging times in which Brian Young is trying to build a movie theater business. His company, Prime Cinemas, is the new operator for the Del Oro Theater and the Sutton Cinemas in Grass Valley, taking over from the Getz and LaMarca families that have operated the two theaters since the early 2000s. Young also operates a six-screen theater in Red Bluff, and he joined us via Zoom to talk about his expansion to Nevada County. So Brian Young, why is Prime Cinema expanding at this challenging time in the business? We just saw this as an opportunity to continue on what the Getz and LaMarca families have built here in Grass Valley area. And we just wanted to be a part of that. And we saw an opportunity that this is an area that has a lot of passionate moviegoers. And we want to be a part of that. You have these theaters in Red Bluff, but you live in San Francisco. So why are you interested in these small market rural theaters? Red Bluff just kind of evolved over time. We we kind of fell into that opportunity and and just came to love the small town experience. You know, we're there often to be part of the community and and help uh, with all the things that come up running a theater. I guess it was just the allure of another small town community that seemed to make sense for us. It used to be small theaters were being taken over by big conglomerates like AMC. Is there room for independents like you to manage these small theater chains? Absolutely. You know, the AMCs of the world, they're not likely to come into small towns. They need to operate on a certain scale. So that leaves independent exhibitors like myself a a chance to thrive in small towns if you can do it correctly. So Mm. that's our challenge. And that's that's what we're trying to do. There's another theater uh, in town or really in Nevada City next door. Uh, That's the Onyx, uh, and that's another small independent. And in recent times, though, the Onyx has shown 
the same movies as Prime Cinemas will be showing. Is that likely to change? It's a bit unknown. I, I have not spoken to the owner of, of the Onyx, so I don't know exactly what their plans are. I do see us competing for different markets, more or less. We'll just have to see how that plays out. I really can't speculate exactly. So last summer, Barbie and Oppenheimer, which are not franchises or superhero movies, <laughs> were smash hits. But other big, expensive movies from Disney and others uh, did very poorly, underperformed at the box office. So how do you see the future of the movie industry? I think there are some lessons to be learned from sequel fatigue, trying to rebirth a franchise that's been dormant for a long time. Sometimes that's very challenging. For every success of Top Gun, re-emerging after decades, you know, there are several others that have tried similar and haven't had the same success. But, you know, we're um, we're here for all of it. And just because a movie doesn't click at the box office, that doesn't mean that it wasn't a good movie or that there still wasn't a segment of the population that really enjoyed it. Well, and, and what does that mean for for you in making money as a theater owner? Can you still make money? Quite frankly, we don't make most of our money on ticket sales in the first place. That's just not the way the business is structured. So we have to look for other sources of revenue and food and beverage is certainly the main components of that. Right. Popcorn and and soda pop and junior mints. Yep. And what advice would you give to the studios and distributors for saving the industry and theater owners uh, and getting people in the theater so they can buy your popcorn? You know, during the pandemic, when we were all at home, a lot of content was put directly on streaming and especially films that would have gone into theaters were put directly online. And uh, over the last year, especially, I think studios have realized if they want to maximize dollars, their big product has to go into theaters first, then to streaming. That's how they're going to maximize their product. We are happy to hear that. We've known that for a long time. We meaning theater owners. And uh, we just are, are excited that they've kind of come around to that way of thinking and that anything they have in the pipeline or that they think, you know, a chance to make a lot of revenue is going to land in theaters first. We're excited that, you know, Apple and Amazon have made huge commitments to the theatrical experience. Napoleon and Flower Moon this past fall were two examples of that. Those are both Apple movies that got distributed into theaters and I understand there are many more in the pipeline and Amazon as well. So that is encouraging that there are other uh, studios willing to jump in and be part of this this community. What, what was the first movie that made you realize you wanted to own a theater someday? I don't know if there was a movie that said, I want to own a theater, but I've always loved movies. And I love bringing movies and bringing joy to people that, that go to see them. Some people might go to only one or two movies a year, but that might just be the most special experience for them. So I want to make sure that we're part of that. And and a lot of small towns, movie theaters are sometimes the only form of entertainment or maybe affordable entertainment there is. So we feel we play a, a pretty large role in, in the fabric of small towns. Uh, horror, adventure films, romantic comedies, what's your favorite genre? Oh, uh, you know, I'm more of an action movie person myself, but I really love a good origin story, you know, and I love getting just a little bit of history from the movies too. 
like a movie that really stuck with me a few years ago was uh, Ford versus Ferrari. So what's your favorite movie? Do you have one? I don't know if I have a favorite. I mean, The Empire Strikes Back when I was a kid. It's, I still enjoy watching that to this day. I want people to rest assured that we are not going to roll in and make sweeping changes to to what the Getz and LaMarca families have, have established. I mean, they were doing a lot of things right, and we're just going to keep that going. One of the best things or best surprises for me so far has been the staff. They are just a wonderful group of young people that really love the movies and really understand enhancing that experience when people come in. So I'm I'm really pleased with, with the team that I've inherited. But we will look for little areas where we can make improvements if it makes sense. We're going to try to bring beer and wine to both locations uh, in the new year and uh, some more food offerings to you know just make it a little more of a complete dining experience. How do you like your popcorn? Buttered or unbuttered? Buttered, but not too much just oh. just enough and favorite movie candy uh red vines brian young is the new operator for the del oro theater and sutton cinemas in grass valley we're wishing him a lot of luck Martin Sexton has been around for decades and he's the kind of troubadour who inspires rabid adoration Made your bed, took your chances long ago. Swam upstream when all around us begged you not to go. You'd always take the fork and bend it to your own road. Come back, bros, but with the stories to be told. While we're all home, safe and sound and warm, you'll be out there riding wrongs through the storm. We're gonna leave the light on so you keep right The man from Syracuse is a round-faced, unshaven, older dude in a hat, but then he opens his mouth. His <laughs> soulful vocals, percussive solo guitar, and singular songwriting are a compelling combination. Sexton's warm, engaging stage manner makes him seem like a friend. It's the hardest one we ride. It's where we find meaning without leaning on life. Burning whole chapters Turning the heavy page Leaving it all behind For the lightning Just the sage Come at your return Sawdust in your tail Unpack sawdust stories Midnight riding maze So we're gonna leave the light on So you keep right on Is Sexton criminally underrated, as Joyce and I think? And some of his fans declare, that's Joyce and me. <laughs> Decide for yourself when he shows up at the Miner's Foundry on February 1st. And Sexton will also be at the Freight in Berkeley on February 4th and in Reno at the Cypress on February 6th. 
Fans of the likes of James Taylor and Greg Brown might want to take note. We started this show with some young performers, and we're finishing with a pair of young composers. When I play music, it's like a form of like expressing myself, but I feel like when I write music, it's a whole different game. I don't know, like something you're making and something that's coming from you. Nevada City's Twee V. Tran is 19 and a freshman at Sierra College. Yeah, Tran is one of the students studying music writing in a program run by Mark Vance and the Nevada County Composers Cooperative. She's written music for the poem Dream Variations by Langston Hughes. The music we're hearing is a synthesized version off a computer. The song and poem will get a live performance for voice and piano in early February. Also on the program, worked by Nevada City's Baraka Anderson, a junior at the Sierra Academy of Expeditionary Learning. Anderson is set to music The End of Suffering, a poem by the Buddhist priest Thich Nhat Hanh. May the sound of this bell penetrate deep into the cosmos. Even in the darkest spots, living beings are able to hear it clearly, so that all suffering in them cease, understanding comes to their heart, and they transcend the path of sorrow and death. When the poem is just the poem without any music you can read like their explicit meaning but when you set it to music it just sort of amplifies the meaning of the text but also the subtler ideas within the poem usually i like to listen to music like instrumental music and then i would pause it and i would like think about my piece and how i want it to be based on the type of music that I like to listen to, that I'm inspired by, and that's how I usually do it. Like I usually like just kind of humming it out, just even singing gibberish. It doesn't have to be anything specifically. It just kind of helps me find the melody for the piece. I'm so impressed with the ambition and skill of these young musicians under the guidance of your teacher, Mark Vance. So write this down, because ticket details are sketchy so far. The Nevada County Composers Cooperative presents a concert of poems and music featuring work by Baraka Anderson and T.V. Tran and other young composers who think deeply about life and art. They do. On February 4th at 2 p.m. at Trabuco Ranch in Grass Valley. We have one final recommendation. I talked last spring about E. La Bamba, the band led by Luz Elena Mendoza Ramos who blends traditional Mexican styles with American experimental pop. She's from L.A., and she's just great.
enciende A veces me engañan mis ojos oscuros Quizás será la última vez Bamba is coming to the Center for the Arts in Grass Valley January 25th. We're done for now, but you can relive this awesome show anytime by clicking on the Curtain Call podcast at kvmr.org and send us your picks for special shows coming up. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, we really would. Thanks for listening. I'm Cy Musiker. I'm Joyce Miller. And, and this, this is Curtain Call, Call coming to you from KVMR-FM, KVMR FM, Nevada, Nevada City. City.